The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson from previsible.io. And in this next episode, we're going to be diving into the media industry. Joining me today is Gwen Milder, who is the senior SEO editor at the Washington Post, which is an award-winning news leader. Its mission is to connect, inform, and enlighten local, national, and global readers with trustworthy reporting, in-depth analysis, and engaging opinions. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Today, Gwen and I are going to be discussing SEO trends in the media industry. And with that, here's my conversation with Gwen Milder, Senior SEO Editor at The Washington Post. Gwen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tyson. Excellent. So I, I like that we're diving into like a specific niche like within SEO. It feels like over the last, I mean, really, I guess you could argue almost like 10 years, maybe five years at least, SEO is becoming more verticalized where you have different factors or weights of factors within the industries. So I'm interested to dive in a bit into the media kind of segment. And as we dive into the conversation, like what would you first call out for the listeners or other SEOs out there that are wanting to know like how the media industry may be unique uh, compared to other verticals within search? Um, That's a good question. Some of it has to do with the subject matter, a lot of media companies cover kind of a wild array of topics uh, not are not as niche. Some are, but a lot such as the post are not. And there's unique challenges with that. And then another that I would say is just how much quicker, how much faster SERPs change on a regular basis. And the volatility of them is much more of a focus in when it comes to media companies looking at their SEO. Interesting. 
Maybe on the latter part of that, to dive in a bit more, what recommendations or what approaches do you have to monitoring that volatility in the SERPs? Like, is that something that you're bringing into the reporting and the communication within the company as far as, hey, these are the elements that are present versus just like, these are our ranking, average ranking, yeah, whatever kind of more standard KPI? So in my experience, uh, one of the things we try to do is relate it straight back to an audience and the humans about it, like what elements or pieces on the SERP indicate to us about what this audience wants or is looking for. So I think the KPIs and the metrics are important and we very much care about visibility as far as rank and average rank uh, and where competitors are ranking. The I think with media, we try to make that connection and draw that line um, so that it's more actionable advice for the folks that are creating the content. Got it. And I, I feel like the content is worth digging into a bit more because I think a lot of SEOs get more accustomed to the approach, at least in some cases where SEO is leading the topic selection, like sure it's within the confines of whatever product and service the business is offering, but we're able to, you know, kind of chase after that search volume and, you know, pull in historical data to then put focus on what content's created. In news and media, it's it's not as led, I guess, by like SEO research versus what's happening in the world. How do you, I guess, work with that balance with the other people at the Washington Post? Like, is that something that you're more of enabling the team with best practices around things like SEO titles, headings, whatever? Or is there some guidance over like these are topics or these are things that our audience base is like searching for? Ah, so that's a great question. We definitely want to arm the folks that are doing the writing and editing and reporting with those best practices and understandings of why certain metadata is important and where it ends up showing up in the SERP and how it ends up showing up. But then when it comes to the topics themselves, uh, it's kind of a mix of both. You know, if things are out there that have a super great audience interest. We want to capitalize on that. We want to make sure that we are going to those readers. But then on the other side, there's things that the Post already an authority on that covers in great depth uh, and has for a long time. So how do we take those areas where we already have authority and then make sure that we're meeting the search user? And, you know, that might be different on other platforms too, but for search specifically kind of okay, what exactly are people typing in um, is kind of the intel we can help provide in the moment to help shape coverage, depending on what it is, who's writing on it, um, how breaking the news is as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like the piece that you mentioned on especially like areas or topics where your multiple articles and pieces are coming out around like yeah, the clustering or grouping um, from an authority standpoint. But it also, yeah, like some of the breaking news, short life cycle, like what's the window that you have for SEO input? Is it pretty much as the article goes out, that's how it's going to be? Or do you have that opportunity to come back and, you know, optimize? Because like, 
think a lot of us, it becomes very standard, regular nature of publishing and then revisiting, optimizing, further tweaking. And it seems like you don't have that luxury as much in the media industry. (laughs) That is definitely true. The editors on my team, we do help in breaking situations with other editors when things are getting uh, right before they get published, if they kind of are going to be alerted, so they need to be published ASAP. We do get consulted in those moments um, as much as we can. Uh, And then the kinds of things that we can do, like I mentioned, are calling out the keywords and topics specifically that should be in whether it's the headline or the meta, like we sometimes we can retroactively go back and update um, some of those fields such as the headline. But we know with news SEO that the recency bias, like we want to get it out as quick as we can. We want to get it up as quick as we can. So, I mean, it's a challenge that we try to work with every day and I've gotten, I would think (laughs) on my team, I've gotten better and better at. And the other thing I'll say with it too, is to help in those situations a lot of pieces of news events, you can anticipate what the interest is going to be around depending on what the type of event is. Um, And so we try to use that to our advantage when we coach reporters and editors to understand and be able to anticipate uh, beforehand. Um, You know, it's kind of like taking their news judgment that they have expert level in and just giving it a little bit of a different lens to say, okay, if there is a mass casualty event or a huge natural disaster, every time these are the kinds of things that we see people search for so that in those breaking news moments, if an editor can't get to it right before it needs to go out um, and get published, that they have some context already about who the search audience is going to be and what that's going to be around. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Uh, that's clever. So bringing it to like more of a broader concept, I think a lot of times SEOs struggle with some of the nuance of working with different stakeholders within the organization. And it's not as much of the challenge of like, do I know what needs to be done from an SEO practice, but how do I work with these different people to bring it to life? And in news media, 
It's based on your last answer. You know, it sounds like you're obviously working with editors, journalists. I think I feel like one of the historical challenge points is journalists and SEOs sometimes, given like the stigma or impression that might be on like SEO and what SEO does. How has it been building those relationships with non SEOs, like within your role? And would you have any kind of tips or recommendations that maybe have helped you in being successful in like creating those productive like relationships? Uh, I think that's a great question. And it's something my team, we hope is a strength of ours and we continue to talk about and evolve um, because you're right. It is in some cases uh, speaking a little bit of a different language. And we try to use that to our advantage in the sense that just like I mentioned, connecting the dot to the audience and the reader that we're looking for versus sometimes um, in SEO, it's just easier to point out what the KPI or the metric is. And not that the data is not important, um, but can we tell a story behind the numbers? Because that's who we're talking to when it comes to newsroom folks. And then on the flip side, um, sort of also being able to translate some of those more technical aspects that are more product, more engineering, sort of more the technical side of SEO and translate a little bit for folks so they understand editorially what we can control in the moment and sort of what we can't. So that's one thing that I would say. And the other thing that my team talks a lot about is um, when we're building those relationships is that trust factor um, that when you're giving a recommendation that the person you're giving it to trusts you and trusts your judgment. Um, And that sort of just takes a little bit of time collecting those small wins uh, in the more of the daily news. We do have a chance to kind of rack those up or see results a little bit more quickly. And on the flip side, if something doesn't work out as well, you can say, we were experimenting with this. Um, we want to see how it goes um, and kind of not guaranteeing results either, I think helps, you know, the transparency helps build uh, trust. And my favorite is always like a little bit of levity um, in what we do. There's a lot of in journalism, you know, it can be very serious, these, you know, very hard news topics and kind of just in building relationships, remembering that like the other person is just at work too, has helped me, <laughs> I w- I hope in building relationships in the newsroom and, and the, you know, more on the product and engineering side, uh, back end as well. Makes sense. And I mean, yeah, like I, I feel like that, it sounds like you guys have a, a nice kind of culture or environment for that. It just always feels like one of those areas that, yeah, becomes more of a challenge than you'd anticipate. As far as like kind of final question that I have on this, what is it about the media industry that excites you or like you enjoy the most and like if you're kind of speaking to seos that are maybe considering going into that vertical or applying for a job at a similar type kind of news and media company what would you share with them about working in the space um yeah so even to your last question um it's certainly still a daily challenge and something we continue to work on we have not totally cracked the code sometimes with some challenges but that is some days that's some of something that I like about it. Um, and two, kind of what excites me most about it is the, I still sort of believe in the mission of journalism. Um, it's what brought me to it. And I would say you're working on really, really unique challenges. In a lot of areas of SEO, you can get really prescriptive and you can get really templatized and 
I think there's still so much value. And even with all of the changes that we're seeing in search and around search, that there's still so much value and like bringing content that is unbiased and is there to serve people and wants to just like be the best content it can be on the internet. So that's kind of where it led me to. And you're, you're constantly working on different and new challenges. I feel like in SEO, that's par for the course anyway. Like we know we're going to have to um, ride with the updates, whatever they may bring, but you're layering on a new aspect that I think you could argue Google hasn't even figured out exactly how people are changing their news consumption habits. So kind of in that way, you can be innovative. You can be more experimental than other industries or verticals like within the SEO space. That's it. And I know, I know I said that was kind of like a final question, but you hit on an interesting point right at the end there on how Google is understanding news consumption and just too, I feel like, and you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but like the volatility of this space, what's kind of the preliminary thoughts around SGE and further integrations? Like, how are you thinking about, yeah, I guess what's what you're expecting to come in the next, let's say, six months. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I've gotten a few really genuine questions from different editors um, who have heard of just a little bit about the um, the uh, how search is changing and how AI is getting involved. And um, I even had one person ask me if SEO was going to and search traffic was going to disappear in the next six months. And my answer, my first answer was, well, like I hope not because I have built my career around this. So um, six months seems like a pretty short amount of time. Um, But my preliminary thoughts are still that I think it'll continue to evolve in a way where the quality of the content just continues to become more and more important if certain queries can be answered by AI. And I'm also a big fan of, at this stage, how can this help me do my job and make my job easier and take away kind of tasks that are repetitive or tedious instead of kind of the being afraid of it aspect of things. Uh, We'll see. I, you know, you never know, but those are sort of my preliminary thoughts are not to be too reactionary uh, just because it's more, at this point, it's kind of just fun to watch Google cycle through and figure it out too, right? Not that we don't need the traffic and I don't want my site to get hit very badly with some of these different changes, but I am of the mind of it not being as scary at this stage as maybe some people think it is. I mean, I completely agree with like the longevity in the space and I've had similar kind of questions to it. So 100% agree on it's just like, yeah, we're still kind of going about things the same way. It's just like further variance in the SERPs. It's, you know, bigger, more prominent SERP features in some ways. But it is, I think, particularly interesting within news and media. And maybe one other piece, because I feel like we're going to have more and more strategies of how and where, yeah, to just be have placement or presence in those elements. But in a while back, I was talking to someone that was looking at, you know, some of the top 1000 websites from search traffic perspective, and looking into the TXT files for which ones are blocking, whether it's Google, OpenAI, but just basically like not wanting to be in the index for those tools. What's kind of 
Like, do you have a stance at the Washington Post on, do you want your content? Like, I know, like, we have kind of the the hot topic with uh, New York Times and, yeah, their lawsuit to open AI. Like, what's kind of the feeling from the Washington Post or from your perspective? Ah, so right now, the Post has a high bar for how we use AI or how we even talk about it or... Um, the, around the standards and ethics um, folks that we have. So as far as a stance of the post, I think they are also taking their time to understand a little bit more um, and see how things are, you know, kind of moving and shaking. So I don't think there's like an official stance that I could sort of share. Fair. Yeah, and I think it's it'll be an interesting place because I think you'll have some companies like New York Times in the sense of they don't want to be crawl and indexed and included in chat GPT or otherwise. And then I think you're going to have some companies that are going to be more of using it for additional visibility and, you know, almost like wanting to have that presence. Um, so someone else doesn't have it. But regardless, I'd say it'll be interesting to see how things play out. I feel like news and media, you guys are right at kind of the forefront um, of a lot of these changing elements. So it'll be interesting to see how that progress. But with that, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Gwen Milder, Senior SEO Editor at the Washington Post for joining us in part two of this interview, which will be published tomorrow. Gwen and I are going to continue the discussion and talk about more specifically SEO for breaking news. If you can't wait until the next episode and would like to learn more about Gwen, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in the show notes. You can also contact Gwen on Twitter where her handle is at Gwen Milder or visit her company's website, WashingtonPost.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this episode, just head over to thevoiceofsearch.com where we'll have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or SEO questions or apply to be a guest speaker. Of course, you can always reach us on social media where our show handle is at Voices of Search. And my you can reach out to myself at Tyson underscore Stockton. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights, we're going to publish a new episode every workday. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. And with that, that wraps up this episode of The Voice of Search. We'll see you on the next episode.